Hello, everybody. We are back. Uh, we got a full cast today. Uh, we are going to give you a little insight into our Season 8 TTS list, uh, what we are bringing, kind of why we brought what we are bringing, and uh, a little bit of thoughts on the uh, current meta going into this season. All right. Today I have with me Matthew, a.k.a. Shadow Marvel. Josh, a.k.a. Merzane, and Kenny G, a.k.a. Kenny G. How are you guys doing? Good. I'm tired. I'm doing great. Feeling jazzy. Super, super, super stoked. Wonderful, wonderful. All right, well, we're going to get into the thick of things, so welcome to the Gamers Guild. All right, so today, again, we're going to talk about the uh, Season 8 TTS. That's the Tabletop Simulator League. Uh, it is starting up. Our list lock is tomorrow. And so we are going to talk about a little bit of our list. So let's throw it to Josh. Josh, tell us a little bit about your list, kind of who you're bringing and, and what affiliation. Well, as is tradition with me, I'm playing a completely different affiliation than I played last year, and one I'm probably woefully unprepared to play right now. Uh, I'm playing Avengers, and because I can't make decisions, I'm going to play Steve and Sam. So this whole roster is designed to be able to utilize one of the two of them rather than uh, really push one. So I've got Captain America Steve, Captain America Sam, Black Panther, Thor, Iron Fist, Iron Man, Vision, Baron Zemo, Toad, and Black Cat. Uh, for tactics, I'm bringing Avengers Assemble, Heroes for Hire, Ricochet Blast, Mission Objective, Follow Me, Escort to Safety, Fallback, and Marked for Death. My... Crises are Spider Portals, Intrusions, Mutant Madmen for the Secures, and Hammers, Spider Infected, and Montessi Formula for the Extracts. And my two restricted cards are Brace for Impact and Advanced R&D. Pure branding. Very good. So you decided to go the Avengers route. Uh, what kind of drew you to go into Avengers this season? Um, I have played several affiliations since uh, the season before last, since season six, and since NashCon, and none of them have really like called to me as much as Avengers did. I had so much fun playing Avengers, um, which is one of the reasons I want to keep playing. Like I have Sam in here is because I really enjoyed Sam. Uh, and I feel like they answer some interesting problems from certain lists in the meta game right now. Uh, of course, when I built the list, uh, some since then some other questions have arose, arisen that I'm a a little nervous about. But I think that I can have the stuff to handle it. The the, the affiliation's super flexible, and it's 
probably the the main thing I really like them. Yeah. So, how do you feel about playing Sam? So, obviously, I'm a fellow Sam spam player back in the day, and uh, it's it's still strong, but it's not nearly the the beast it was before with uh, a lot of nerfs that directly affected that list. Oh yeah, it's it's why I'm not hinging on it. I think it's good into certain matchups, and I'm gonna explore where I think those matchups are. But like Steve just got so much better, um, and his he's probably got one of the best affiliations in the game. It's hard to not play him. Um, and the the loss of stuff like all you've got and now field dressing with the new uh, timeline rules, the the change to, to Sam's leadership, like a lot of that just like has kicked his leadership down several pegs and it's still really good but it doesn't like i don't feel like it's an every matchup kind of good anymore i think that this is one of the few affiliations that like has two leaders that will actually build for both if you want it to yeah i agree i mean obviously you know the all you got an enchantress nerf uh was was enormous to sam that he he did that the best he yeah used it the best by far and uh, that kind of sprung board him to winning the game. And so, you know, that hit, you know, really notched him down. And then, like you said, there's just been, he's Sam's just taken blow after blow after blow. And uh, he's trying to knock it off with his, uh, his captain America shield, but uh, it's tough. It's really tough. It, it's tough being a Sam main in these days. Um. I've got a question for Josh. Um, and this is something that we've talked about a lot in our crew chat, but wanted to have him maybe expand on a little more. Why Thor over many of the other potential five threats, either in affiliation or out of affiliation? Because I feel like there's a lot of five threats who, if you're trying to rely on Steve more, might better serve him. So uh, the five point slot currently filled by thor i actually have a lot of characters i'm thinking about uh until recently it was loki i took this list or a, a variation of it before the timeline rules uh completely ruined it um where i took loki in this slot instead um i think loki's great but what i really wanted was someone who had a really wide range of influence in case i had like a spread out map and i needed to take a five um and someone who had a little bit more output as opposed to Loki being very defensive and utility-based. Um, Thor's range 5 hammer is uh, pretty fantastic sometimes, uh, especially in some of the matchups I'm worried about, like the rapid-fire Shadowlands Daredevil we might hear more about, um, which from us talking about it. Uh, in the Black Order, the shot can be pretty good. I used it to pretty good effect versus uh, Kenny last night. In our uh, talk about early game. game. Um, and the fact that he can just throw every single turn with Steve, pass out stock. He's just got a lot going on for him. Um, but honestly, this could be a lot of people. I've thought about Juggernaut. I've thought about even making it another two threat so I could go wider. Um, I thought about re-adding Loki or even Doctor Strange so I can get some healing now that med pack and field dressing are gone. Um, but right now I'm settling on Thor because it makes list building or squad building specifically easier uh, because that five threat isn't unaffiliated and I can take like Zemo and Toad at the same time in my or Black Cat and Zemo or something and still get like a big boy in there. And uh, it, I think that might be the one of the deciding factors for who stays and who goes. Yeah, I like 
Thor a lot too. Like you said, sort of post changes without field dressing and med pack. But also now that both Embrace for Impact and Indomitable are restricted, like they're not really able, your opponent's not really able to take a lot of cards to potentially stop those throws without having to sacrifice a lot in maybe other areas in the restricted cards. Yeah, he, he's a kind of a risk piece if you play him to kill. Um, everyone talks about Thor dice. Um, but now the the risk is a little better just because, like you said, the, those cards that have also... it's It's been, you might have bad dice, but also they may have the cards to stop him. And now it's less likely they'll have enough cards to stop him. So when you do go in and you do get the right dice, you can uh, you can actually get the output he's designed to get. Speaking of Thor dice, uh, I, I thought it was interesting is that you um, that you didn't bring Heimdall with him. What are your um, thoughts on that? So I will admit part of this is a, <laughs> a practice for um, Nashcon, and I like to practice with things I own. Um, when I actually put my hands on Heimdall, it might change. Um, but right now, on top of not owning him, I've the list is really tight. Um, I've I've debated characters getting taken in and out every day, um, and I'm really comfortable with the three out of affiliation picks I've got: Zemo, Toad, Black Cat. I don't see myself dropping any of the three, um, and I don't know if I want another out of affiliation three threat because I'm not sure where I take him over someone like Zemo. Like he's good, I just. I, I, I haven't imagined the matchups in what I've played so far where he does something better than the others that I'm taking. Like, he's great, and I think he's super good in Avengers, but for where I'm going with it, I think I'm comfortable where I'm at. One cost, uh, five dice strike out, out of activations. Pretty nice. It's pretty good. Um, I'm trying to win, like, without relying on a whole lot of dice though if i can help it like i'm still going to attack and interact and stuff but i'm trying to make good use of dice rather than like lots of it and i'm scared with a heimdall bubble because he definitely has so much of a range of influence i won't get his rerolls where i need them and his strike is good and it's cool that someone can come in and and you can do the five die strike but i'm just picturing situations where I do a five die strike into someone charging me and I do good damage, but then they're like, Oh, thanks. Now you powered my spender. And then I just get hurt even worse than I was going to originally. Yeah. He's, I think he's a good, obviously a very good, uh, Avenger, but you know, you gotta have a plan with them. And I think if you haven't played him much or at all, I I think it's better to leave him at home because he's a character that's going to take a lot of skill of getting him in the right position. So, you know, we know Steve Avengers is known for their turn one plays. So I got to ask, what's your favorite turn one play? Uh, Using Black Cat to steal your stuff when you do a turn one play versus me. (laughs) I I don't like turn one plays, which I know is weird because, like you said, Avengers is good at it. But really, one of the primary reasons I, I like Avengers is every time I have looked at the meta and thought, man, I really don't like these turn one plays that are coming up. I look at Avengers. I'm like, well, they've got tools for it. and I want the game to be a game between me and my opponent, and I don't want to lose uh, turn zero because they got the the crises they wanted and uh, the point cost they wanted. 
And I think Avengers is one of the best at like saying, mm, I'm going to have a, I'm going to have a say in how this plays out. Um, and that's one of the reasons I'm comfortable with a lot of the, the tools in this list. Um, I do have one turn one play I've never done, and I don't know if I'll ever get a chance to. Uh, shout outs to Hyper Viper for kicking my butt with it. But it involves doing something like Nick Fury where you use advanced R&D with Iron Fist. He picks up the middle spider infected and you use Panther and someone else fast to threaten the opponent's uh, spider infected. Um, like So whichever one they don't pick up, they go pick up. And then Black Cat gets the power from Iron Fist and goes and steals the one they do pick up. Uh, we played a game in Vaughn's uh, American tournament that he had a couple months ago and totally took me by surprise. And it was a, it was a pretty nifty play and I haven't seen anyone else do it yet, uh, but I may copy it. Glad I'm Very not in good. your uh, affiliation. I mean, your bracket. <laughs> I mean, more than likely what will happen is I'll get uh, spider infected, look at my opponent and say, well, they have one potential counter to this. We're just going to play a fair game now. Nice. So how do you think that Avengers sets up for the current meta? Um, I think it just tries to play answers. Like, I think there's going to be a lot of questions in this meta. I think the last one also had a lot of weird questions, but a lot of them were very similar. This one has a few different ones, uh, and some I would say are probably a little bit more degenerate. Um and I think that Avengers competes as they, as the last time I played Avengers by making the game fair and then winning on value. So like before with Sam spam, they had so many characters flooding the table that a lot of the point sitting strategies and the killing strategies didn't really work because there's so many of them. And if you're running a taller list than them, you got to hope your dice are on point because you have fewer rolls. Sam's going to be rolling a lot more dice with a lot more chances to spike. And then if you spike, you might get punished because he'll undo some of that work and move into better positions and all kinds of stuff. And Steve's kind of similar. Steve's going to help me like with black cat and like Zemo, like get that early advantage away from my opponent and then hopefully outvalue on power as the game goes on. Um, this last is it. This isn't, completely locked in there there's also thoughts to drop something for versatile strategy so i can run both in a list start with steve do my setup and then swap it to sam so i can get that fight uh value throughout the game but i'm still trying to figure that out this this list is we <laughs> list submissions tomorrow and i guarantee you this list will flux by then yeah well very good very good so let's uh let's go from the good wholesome heart of steve rogers and let's jump over to the cruel and evil matthew playing a cruel and evil list <laughs> you know i think it's a little unfair you're you're setting me up here i feel so i but i, I will say it is quite the opposite as uh what josh is bringing josh is coming in and he wants to minimize what dice he uses and when he does use the dice it's impactful he doesn't want to throw a lot of dice so i am doing the opposite and i am bringing as many attacks as i possibly can in any given round to throw as much dice and get as many spikes as i can in order to completely 
annihilate my opponent. I am playing Criminal Syndicate, specifically the Shadowland variety. No Kingpin in my roster. And uh, so my roster is Shadowland Daredevil, Bullseye, Hood, Mysterio, Winter Soldier, Medusa, Moon Knight, X-23, Mystique, and Captain America, Sam Wilson. Traitor. (laughs) And my uh, tactics are all according to plan. Cruelty, no mercy, fallback, no matter the cost, follow me. Deception and the Grand Illusion. Uh, my restricted cards are Brace for Impact and Sacrifice. For my Secures, I brought Spider Portals, Mayor Fisk, and Infinity Formula. And my Extracts are Hammers, Cubes, and Spider Infected. And basically, the idea that I went in with this list is that, um, well, essentially what it was is that I didn't have a lot of time to practice much of anything in the last month or so since the last season. And um, it's been a very busy night time for me, so I couldn't get games in to practice. And I love Daredevil as a character. And this kind of gave me like a reminiscence of the old Sam Wilson that I used to play and enjoy. So I wanted to pick up a, a slightly simpler tactic of shooty shoot shoots. And that's what they do. They, uh, they shoot you and then they shoot you some more. And if you're not dead, they'll shoot you again. A lot of shooting. It's basically, I'm going to throw dice and my dice are better than your dice. So you're like, the uh the lawn sign that says like trespassers will be shot survivors will be shot again <laughs> and then the dead bodies will be shot because why not <laughs> then we'll just keep shooting because i have more ammo likely i will i will likely spike on my first attack and then i will just rapid fire into the <laughs> into the fallen body yeah so i'm not gonna lie i mean i know you guys and i all know this but i i think that people are gonna find out that i think Shadowlands Daredevil, uh, with his leadership and the characters he can bring with that leadership, uh, I think it's one of the best lists in the entire game, um, bar none. I, I think it's it's so so powerful. Uh, it can it can just pump out. It can play against wide lists. It can play against tall lists. I mean, it just it's just such a powerful list, and it's. Uh, it's very difficult playing into it because like you said, uh, there's just so much spike potential and models just die and there's no field dressing anymore and there's no healing anymore. So it's a, it's a list that takes certainly practice to play into um, to learn. And I think it's going to, you know, pretty soon we're going to be talking and hearing everybody complain about it. yeah i i I predict some of my games people will people will get upset when they move one of their characters to the center point and then i have three characters just round one get multiple attacks into them and end up dazed yeah it's funny because it's almost like it doesn't do the same thing that per se thanos and corvus do but yet it kind of does because like 
it, it has such good killing on turn one. And if you go to the middle, you probably are going to die just like you do against Thanos and Corvus. Now, obviously there's, they don't have the prio manipulation and all that stuff, but yeah, I mean, it's, if you, you go in the middle of the board against that list, do it at your own volition. But they also do have a, a bit of priority manipulation in that. Well, one, they, against the uninitiative who hasn't faced against this list it's very common to look at it and say, oh, they have more people than me. I'm just going to pass um, so that they can have to they have to move somebody and that's one less person who's going to shoot at me. But when you pass, then you kind of mess up the priority because Shadowlands brings his grunts, which counts as two, so you can pass. But then when he activates, suddenly it's just two activations at once. And then you, you also have, in my tactics, I have all according to plan, uh, which I only really bring out whenever I have enough CS members to pay for it. But when I do have that out there, then it doesn't matter what happens. Like I just decide now I have priority. So <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're black order. I'm the one with priority now. And then follow me is also another priority manipulation tool to be able to get a double activation or potentially even a triple activation. If you count the, the grunts. Yeah, it's uh, it's stupid good, no doubt about it. So, what questions do the other guys have? So, you may not be willing to divulge this information, but I've I've heard you guys in our little chats talk a lot about these lists um, and how good they are. But what are some things you think like? And again, you might not want to divulge this information. What are some things you think uh, might be good into this list? Like, what are some things to help? people not get got just listen to my just listen to my list (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i think that uh a lot of uh, being able to redirect attacks is is good but you know one of the biggest things about the biggest weakness to this list here it is everybody here's the biggest weakness this is based off of a whole five games i've played with this list so i'm an expert but the biggest weakness is that these people are pretty, uh, pretty paper. Um, there's, I don't have a heroes for hire. I put in sacrifice just to be able to help give myself some kind of defensive protection. But most of my characters are five health, you know, on each side. They don't have any stellar off, you know, defensive tech. Some of them even have ones and twos in certain areas of their defenses. So if you want to kill any one of these characters ex- outside of Shadowland Daredevil, who is exceptionally tanky, uh, they're going to probably go down. And that's that's that was the part that I got a little upset when field dressing did go away because I really... I was really going back and forth of what my restricted card was going to be. And I wanted field dressing in there because I know that somebody goes down before they get the shoot. And my getting my shots is so important to this list. Even you know it seems like I'm running wide and I have a lot of shots. It's essentially like me losing out on four attacks when somebody gets dazed. So they, and I know this because they get dazed and all the games I've played, it's been, absolutely brutal i usually have multiple characters ko'd by the end of the game um even though i won but it's it 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 does 
have you on the razor's edge on <laughs> staying alive as much as you're killing the others. Yeah, it's kind of like an arms race, right? Like you guys are like how you kind of get get past them is you kill them, but yet they're so good at killing. It's like who's gonna who's gonna kill quicker? And and it's it's kind of like a little arms race. Yeah. So. Kenny. Okay. Any more like questions? Question. Yeah, Kenny. I think you I had a question? a question, but then I realized that Bitter Rivals was rotated, and so my question is obsolete. I did have Bitter Rivals at a time. That was what I took out for field dressing when I was testing this list before before timelines came. I'm definitely glad that we don't exist in a uh, world with <laughs> Bitter Rivals in this list. Yeah, it would be brutal. I mean, there were a lot of things. I mean, like I had uh, Domino in here to get incinerates out there. And I ended up taking her out. You know, I needed to add in some kind of, you know, displacement because Shadowland Daredevil historically does not have any displacement um, unless Mysterio hits his triggers. So I, I wanted to bring in Medusa and Sam. So Mystique for her um, deception, Moon Knight for her spender, Winter Soldier with his spender. So I wanted to be able to fit in some displacement because that's usually how I play a lot of the game before this is moving people around, not just shooty shoot shoots. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fun. I'm, I'm excited to follow your, your progress and I know we're in the same bracket. So if, uh, we get paired up, I'm gonna, you know, somehow make you sick or something. So I don't have to play into this. Um, <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking the same thing about your list. What, <laughs> um, uh, what bracket did you guys end up going into? Uh, we got two east and two central, almost like it was planned. I mean, I just did central because I live in central, and I was like, "Well, that's where I'm supposed to sign up." True. Yeah, well, I I live well, in east. It's easier for scheduling. Sooner wanted to dodge me. Yeah, I was pretty scared of Kenny. So, um, speaking of, um, I was pretty scared of Kenny G's Black Order list, which is the sole reason why I'm in the East bracket. So why don't you give us this scary list, Kenny? Yeah. So I'm making my return to the TTS leagues for the first time in a while. I think the last league I played in was season five. So it's about two or three, depending on how you want to count six, seven and eight. Um, but I'm playing black order. Uh, so I've got Thanos, the mad Titan who has the soul and mind gym Corvus glaive. Who's got the reality gym black swan. Who's got the power gym. Ebony Maw, who has the Space Gym, and then Black Dwarf, Proxima Midnight, and Supergiant round out all of the Black Order. And then for my unaffiliated characters, I've got Baron Zemo, Toad, and Bullseye. Um, I have two two threats so that I can potentially do six wide at 20 threat. Um, And then for my tactics, I have First of the Black Order, Mothership, Black Onslaught, Price of Failure, Execute, Blood Despair, Marked for Death, Escort to Safety, and trip up for my secure cards i have demons downtown intrusions and deadly meteors and for my extracts i have hammers cubes and research station so i didn't think i was ever going to want to play black order until we had the new corvus leadership announced the first of the black order which gives him right hand man um my issue with black order before and wanting to play them was having a seven or eight threat leader and really trying to build around that and not having the the flexibility to go wide. So 
in my limited testing of this, I've actually been playing a decent amount of the Corvus leadership and I've been enjoying it. Um, it's been fun. The power gain for the rest of the affiliation has been good. I think the first game I tested it, I got 12 power off the leadership playing against Josh. And then um, and my game against Sooner, I kept leaving characters on one health. So I don't want to talk about that one. Um, and then with Merzane, I think I got like eight to 10 power again yesterday. Um, but I mean, it's been feeling good. I generally feel a lot more comfortable with five wide lists. I think if I were playing like Thanos or I'd be going a lot more narrow than I typically like. Um, but I'm not a, like, I'm not going to say I'm afraid to play him. It's just, it's not necessarily my comfort zone, um, but it's fun. I like the challenge. I like the flexibility of the roster. So what do y'all got for questions? I, yeah, I like the this new Black Order. You don't have to play Thanos. I think it's cool, you know, that, uh, you know, people are putting Black Dwarf. I've been an advocate for Black Dwarf for a long time, um, and people are putting him on the table, and, you know, they can punish you. We talked about Matthew's list when you go in the middle of the table for uh, round one. Uh, this list can punish you, too. Um, so it's, uh, it's really cool to see Black Order not just a – Thanos, Corvus, Proxima, and that's it. It doesn't matter what is, else is going to be played. Um, I do have a question. Um, so one of the major criticisms I see about Corvus leadership is that you have to drop a tactics card, unlike the Convocation leadership. Has that right. affected your games? So I haven't found it really affecting my games all that much um especially now that we have the new ban and restricted list it's a lot easier to want to do that because i my two restricted slots are for the reality and space gems so i have 10 unrestricted tactics cards and of those 10 i mean i think first of the black order has given me enough power throughout the game typically to to warrant its use um, because Black Order likes killing things and they kill things a lot more effectively when they have that level of power. Um, as far as I could have, like, taking up a tactic slot during my game, um, I mean, I honestly haven't really noticed it. Like, it's just felt good. Is that partially because in our game you only used exactly one tactics card, not named First of the Black Order? Hey, now, in our first game, I used all of my tactics cards. True. And and to be fair, in both of those games, I was very, very close to winning. And I I don't want to say I gave it away because you earned it. But like I should I I hate saying I should have won, but I probably should have won. I don't know. Um, on that note, what is your opinion on uh, having to play into lists that have fallback? Um next question, please. But uh but really, I mean so for context, Josh and I played yesterday and because I was playing Black Order, I just want to kill everything. So I decided to attack someone, which he bodyguarded with Cap to then do escort to safety, which then went into a fallback to give his character range to go and KO Proxima to win him the game, essentially. 
when Proxima had run off to the middle of freaking nowhere in relative safety. Um, but I mean, fallback is, it's going to be, I guess, a headache for Black Order. I mean, anytime they're, you're moving characters away from the whirling death blades of Corvus or whoever else, um, it's going to make it harder for, for Black Order to really do what they want to do and get that engine going as far as building that power to then use that power to kill more people, all that fun stuff. Yeah, I agree. I think fallback is, is going to be a tough one for you because you have a lot of range too. And if, you know, Corvus doesn't have a great role or black dwarf or even black swan, um, they can kind of move out and it forces your hand. If you don't have the power to do death blow or something like that, it's, it, it can be problematic. Um, so that's going to be interesting. I will say, I think that, you know, the loss of field dressing was, was a big help to black order. Um, field dressing was probably the most powerful card to play into black order. Um, and now when Corver Corvus murders the world, um, you can't bring those guys back. So, um, I think the big thing that like Kenny, you are going to need to really, um, keep in your mind is people controlling Corvus now because you don't have a Thanos to feed them to Corvus. So you got to yep. be really smart on your mothership plays and, you know, not, not getting controlled because that's obviously what you try to do with Corvus. Yeah. And then recognizing when to use my control pieces to actually control and not just do more spenders. Like in our game, when I just kept using a, <laughs> black dwarf, black dwarf spender instead of potentially just throwing people <laughs> yeah yeah for yeah. guaranteed damage yeah if you have the option of a size three throw and a six die builder instead of a eight die spender do the do the throw in the in the build yep so. i'm learning but it's fun i'm really enjoying this i like like i said i like the flexibility to go narrow or wide as needed it's got me excited to play these guys in season eight even like I don't know. I don't know if I'll make cuts. I don't think I'll make cuts. So I'm going into it just trying to have fun. So not with that attitude, friend. That's how I. That's how I make cuts is by having that attitude and no how many pressure. Ta- how many times has it worked? Um. Uh. So on to Sooner's list. No, no. I have a question. I have a question. Okay. Uh. So we talked a lot about not Thanos. Um, so I guess the question I have for you, I have two, it's a two part question and they're all Thanos related. One is what was your decision uh, on what gems to put on Thanos? And when do you see yourself playing Thanos? Yeah. So, so my decisions for the gems on Thanos came from the fact that I had the reality gym, the power gym and the space gym on three other characters. So that leaves the soul mind and time. Um, I could have left Ebony Maw without the Space Gym, but then I'd have three five threats at that point, and I think a six threat is probably a little better there. Um, so for the Soul and Mind Gym, um, I think Mind was pretty obvious for the extra control that he gets. Um, and I wanted the Soul Gym over the Time Gym because the Soul Gym, like potentially feeding him power throughout the game for him to be able to portal more or do more death decrees. Um, seemed like a really, really strong option for him, just given the other gym spots. So I have a question which kind of involves uh, one of our locals. Uh, he, he tried time on Thanos, and I got to watch a little bit of the game that he played with time. 
And it looked pretty cool um, being able to give him like a second chance if he if he's about to get spiked down, being able to just say, mm, let's try this one more time. It's only on his attacks. It is not on defense. Oh. Well, being able to punch more damage through too, so you get more. Uh... <laughs> I thought it was just like recal. No, it is recurs. not. Um, I, if it was like that, I probably would have time over the soul or over the soul gym. Um, but unfortunately it's just his attacks, which I mean, if I guess I'm trying to fish for wilds, it works, but I don't know. Cause then you have to reroll all of his dice. It's not just, a like just reroll the dice of your choosing. My other thought was trying to run maybe all six gyms just to be thematic. Um, but like I said earlier, I want to be able to potentially do six wide at 20 threat if it comes down to it. Because um, that would give me Corvus, Swan, Dwarf, Prox... Uh, I think it's Corvus, Proxima is eight. I don't know. The math worked out in my head to where I can do six wide at 20. I don't remember it off the top of my head. Math is hard. Math is hard, and I don't want to waste time trying to figure it out. Well, very good. Well, I'm excited to see you back in the TTS season, and uh, I think you're going to have a blast playing those Black Orders. Um, the new Black Order, so. New and improved. New and improved. All they right, so on. Then they buffed them again. I'm really upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so on to my list. Um, so I took a little different route this this season in, uh, in TTS. Um I kind of did. Uh, I wanted to do a different challenge in the season, something that I'd done before in season three, um, where I wanted to instead of you know the normal take a, a really strong list and, and try to win the season, um, I wanted to pick out an affiliation that was thought of as maybe, you know, the worst affiliation or one of the worst affiliations. Uh, one that is very, very underplayed. Um, and pick them and see what I could do with them and see how well I can do, whether that's, you know, two and four or that's six and oh. Uh, just kind of challenge, personal challenge to myself of uh, taking a lower played affiliation and uh, try to win with them and just, just kind of see what I can do. So I chose defenders. Um, I am, let's go ahead and I guess I should read my list. Uh, so I'm taking the good Dr. Stephen Strange. I have Hulk, Valkyrie, Luke Cage, Ancient One, and Hawkeye as my affiliated characters. Uh, I have Winter Soldier, Hood, Black Panther, and Bullseye. Um, that completes my list. Um, I've done a lot of testing, so I've actually practiced this list a lot. Uh, much, much, much more than I normally do coming into a TTS season. I normally am kind of like you guys, where I play the list five or ten times, and I said, all right, I'm good to go. Uh, but this one's I played a lot. Um and the crisis have changed uh, throughout the testing. Um, right now, I have Scoundrels, Terrigen Mist, and Demons Downtown. Uh, these are picked 
for a couple reasons. One reason is I think defenders and in, in my list is is pretty good at them. Uh, the other thing is to counter things like Shadowland Daredevil, um, which I have found in my pre-testing to be a menace for my my list. Um, oh baby. Uh, <laughs> uh, Coming to my range three. It's uh, it's tough. It's it's a fighting chance now. I had a, I've done very well the last few games I've played into them. So I think my my practicing has helped. But uh, you know, a lot of that comes down to how the dice variance goes. But uh, my extracts is uh, hammers, cubes, and Montessi formula. My cards. This was kind of the the worst part about my list. I'll be honest is I had a good, I felt really good about my list before they announced the change to standard. And when they announced the change to standard, I had to take seven of my 10 tactics cards out. Um, and it was brutal because of the strategy I'm trying to implement and, and play. I needed those cards and the cards I had to replace them with. We all know defenders have no cards, so I'm replacing them with basically these leftover cards that I just I just don't know how good they are. But long story short, uh, my restricted cards are Brace and Patch Up. My uh, regular cards are Vapors of Valtor, Cinnabon, Recalibration Matrix, Fallback, Inspiring Monologue, Heroes for Hire, Mark for Death, and my personal favorite, Kick them while they're down. Spice. <laughs> so those are, that's my list. Um, my strategy. So my strategy, again, through pre-testing, it's how can I get these guys to work? I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to badmouth my guys, but you know, through testing, they're, they're hard. They're, they're, I kind of equate them as playing MCP on hard mode um, because it's it's the leadership sometimes just doesn't do much they don't have tactics guards uh it can be a little difficult sometimes so there's a lot of sifting through of what i wanted to do and i kind of found that i wanted to do a a flexibility list of attrition slash some control and so that's what i kind of have in my list um it's funny because everybody was like, oh, you switched to standard and everybody wants to now put hood in your list. Well, I already had hood in my list because um, now I have two people who can heal hood and Dr. Strange. Um, that's very valuable in my attrition game plan. And uh, I just try to use some good models. I have Hulk, I have Valkyrie, I have Black Panther, um, you know, Luke Cage. I, I take a lot of times for heroes for hire and I just kind of try to, you know, win, win the points by one or two rounds or one or two points per round and just kind of hang in there or, or go up in attrition. And that's, that's the best I can come up with when it comes to the defenders game plan. It works. It does. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I've put a lot of practice in and, and I mean, it, it's, I've done well, uh, especially recently. So I, I'm not discouraged. Uh, I'm actually excited to see how I can do. I mean, could be two and four, but I could be, you know, five and one. But definitely not, definitely not one and 
and five or zero that and six. That would be pretty tough, yeah. I, I don't think I'll go one and five like Merzane. <laughs> um, I know we recorded on Defenders a while back. Shameless plug, go listen to that episode if you haven't. Um, but in that episode, we talked a lot about defensive strategies and healing. And in our game the other night, you healed, what was it you said the other day? Like 16 damage? Yeah, so I played Kenny, and it was a game. great game. Came down to round six, and I played Attrition versus Attrition. We played Black Order versus uh, Defenders, and we smashed in the middle. And um, it was a great game, and I ended up healing 16 health off my characters, which is the reason I ended up barely winning at the end. Yeah, and so I just love that. I mean, in our episode, we talked about how valuable that healing is. And, I mean, it's continuously proven its worth over your test games and against all sorts of different matchups. So I'm excited to see how this list works for you. Um, I know that the tactics suck. Or the tactics changes suck, but it is it is sort of what it is. But I think the, the strong core of characters and Hood and Strange healing and all the crazy defensive tech you going on. I think it can, I can, it can still hold up. Um, the question I have for you though, is vapors of Voltor. How often do you think you will play that? So I've, I've tried it in my last two games, um, to, to try it out. Cause I'm looking for tactics cards, man. I don't have any. Um, and I don't have the option of, you know, I have heroes for hire. Um, but outside of that, I don't really have anything else besides my restricted cards. So, of course, I'm playing like Fallback and some of these other ones. But uh, in both games I played it or I tried to play it, I was unable to even get it off either game. Because you have to have two characters, affiliated characters, within two of Strange. He has to pay three power to get it off. It's just difficult. Um I think you want to use it on an enemy character so you can try to get those rerolls almost like a poor man's Dark Rain. But, I mean, it's just... I mean, just compare that card to Dark Rain, right? So, like, Strain has to be within two of two characters and then he has to be within three of the model. Or four. It's three or four. Where Dark Rain, all you have to do is just pay the power on any character on the board and just put the token on any character on the board. No no range restriction. It's sad. Well, you get the added flexibility of putting it on your own characters as well. I guess. Well, and Dark Rain's a, a Dark Rain's a reroll all no matter what. This one's a sixty six percent chance to reroll a, a, a dice roll. So I have a question. If you're so stressed for finding a way to get tactics cards, and I'm looking at your roster, why not Hood's Gang? I, I've i tried to play Hood's Gang in the past, and the, the activation order is a enormous headache. And I don't know if you've ever tried to play Hood's Gang, but it's a nightmare to try to play. Um, I am very much a fan of easy-to-use tactics cards that are efficient, and I can play every game. That well, is not I just, one. I just mean if, if, if Vapors is so difficult and it's so unreliable and you feel like it's so hard to pull off, would it not just be better to just 
swap it for Hood's Gang. If you happen to have a fifth slot available, uh, just and you ha- and you probably have Hood in your roster or in your squad, then you throw in Hood's Gang, and then whenever you activate Hood, if you happen to activate him early, it's free activation, doesn't cost you anything, and then everyone gets a reroll. Yeah, I mean it's uh, that's fair, and uh, maybe maybe I should put it in. I just have not had good success with Hood's Gang in the past, and. Uh, again, we talked about I'm trying to be defensive, and Hood is is a key component in that in certain games. I don't play Hood every game. Uh, it just doesn't work out because um, he's a three-threat unaffiliated. Uh, but the games I do play him, a lot of times I'm trying to heal with him, and you're usually not wanting to activate him first when you're trying to heal. Um, but it, but it's fair. I mean, that's it's easier to play than Vapors. I'll be honest, I've been trying to play Vapors, and it's not working out. I don't even know if it's going to be in my list, yet alone, if it is makes my list, it's probably never going to get played. Um, what? Uh, so your, your Doctor Strange doesn't have a gem, right? No. Have you felt a little power starved with him, or like maybe the gem would be something you'd explore. Yes and no. Um, I think there's some games where he, you know, his reroll all is really key because it really helps in building power because he very, very rarely does Dr. Strange attack and not do damage because of that reroll. all. Um, it sure, certainly happens, but not as much as other characters. Cause if he whiffs, he just gets to reroll them all. Um, but the, the the extra power would be very nice. There's many times that you're one power short for giving people two extra defense dice. The problem is what you have to give up to do that. And in my opinion, um, Doctor Strange is not worth six threat, even with the Soul Gem. Um, I love playing Doctor Strange. It's literally one of the reasons I stuck with this is because he's so fun to play and there's so many... Dis- there's so many decision points when you play Dr. Strange because he can do so much. Um, you can use him as a heal bot. You can use him as a control piece that round. You can, you know, try to do pump damage. You can try to activate a character or stagger a character. I mean, there's so much he can do. So I love playing him, uh, but he's just not worth six threat. And when you're already playing an affiliation that, that has to play Hulk sometimes, um, that makes it even even harder. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it I just breaks felt down that... to to threat level and me wanting to get because you already you got to remember you're a five threat leader. You're already stuck in who you can bring. So making that a six threat leader, it's it's difficult, man. I definitely felt that a little bit when I was playing uh, Midnight Suns. Like I wanted Strange for his ability to like get two power, bump, grab a middle objective, and leave since he's on a medium base. Uh. But it is definitely hard to like list build with a uh, with a six threat character that you needed to take a lot of the time. And then also, I also had Hulk in that list I wanted to take, and Ghost Rider. So I had a ton of like big threat characters. So I feel that. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's just tough. I mean, because I don't I don't think they can play the narrow list like a lot of people can because I don't think they have the damage output. Um, 
you know, trying to do the three wide that like Magneto does or Thanos does, they just can't do it very well. I mean, Hulk, Hulk is great, but I mean, Hulk dice are Hulk dice. Like he's still rolling unmodified dice that he whiffs all the time. Uh, Dr. Strange, we just talked about, he's a great flexible character, but Dr. Strange is not a damage dealer. Um, so I just, they, I personally don't think they can play the super narrow list. At least, at least what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to play them to the most competitive level I can to try to give it a run at cuts. I might fail miserably, but I want to at least do that. If I'm playing at a local game store, sure, I may try that, but I just don't think the, the narrow list can hold up to the other narrow lists in this game. When you have stuff like Corvus running around that like succeeds on pretty much every side of their die, uh, it, it makes sense that you would be a little uncomfortable with rolling more dice, but with 50% odds, essentially. Freaking Corvus players. Um, one last question for you, Sooner. Um, how have you been liking the leadership? Because I know you've been very down on the, in the past. Didn't know if like you've been appreciating it more or still about the same. I don't like the leadership. <laughs> um, it's, well, and I'll expand on it. I don't necessarily think it's just absolute garbage. Because I think there's niche matchups that it actually is good into. Um, one of those being Avengers. I think it's actually a very good leadership in Avengers. And it's not just because Captain America. Um, a lot of Avengers don't like, uh, you know, me being able to change my attack type. Um, you know, my biggest gripe with it is it's costs you a power and it's, it's a hundred percent a gamble every time, whether it's even going to do anything. So I'm paying a power for my leadership, which is supposed to be a big boon to me every game. And there's games that it actually hurts me because I pay a power. I whiff the roll. Then the next time I do it, I pay a power and they block three and I only roll three hits. And so I've paid two power for absolutely nothing. I've gotten zero benefit off of that. And that's my biggest gripe with it. I think if they, I think one way they could do a, a rata fix to this and make it, I still don't think it would be great, but make it so much more better is you do it once per turn, but it does not cost a power. And to get hex, you just have to roll a hit. Um, because th there's nothing worse than paying a power for your leadership and it doing nothing. It's so frustrating. Yeah. I can but see I that. do think it has, I do think it has really good niche um, uses. Uh, you know, no one plays Wakanda anymore, but it's great into Wakanda. Um, it's good into, like I said, Avengers. So I do think there are some uses for it. Yeah. I think it's a solid, like secondary leadership print affiliation, but I think they, just need another leader that you can use more as a primary. Yeah, it would be great if they came out with a, a leadership that you could kind of main and you could just take strange. And when, you know, those niche things came up, you could play this leadership. Uh, that would be much, much better than me having to play it every game. So one thing I wanted to talk about, unless you have anything else sooner, 
but it seems like we've gone into a defender's uh, breakdown. Yeah, no, no, I don't. <laughs> I I do want to say I'm super, super sad that it looks like Crimson Dynamo is not going to be uh, available for the start of this season. Um, I do think Dynamo would be a great add because to my list because I think he's trying to do exactly what I want to do. So I'm yeah, really yeah, I'm really, I'm really sad, really, really sad about that. <laughs> In case we ever so, face each other. <laughs> uh, so one thing I did want to talk about um, about our list because sometimes it's hard to visualize um, without having them in front of you was to talk about some of the similarities. We did this last season and see where where you know we've all talked about our lists to a certain extent, but we've all kind of gone and done our own testing and have our own frame of mind of how we approach list building and our strategies. But there are still a few things in our list that kind of either three out of four or in one case, all of us have. So I wanted to just go through that real quickly. The The first thing is um, Sooner, myself, and Kenny both all have Bullseye as our two threat or one of our two threats. Um, for me, it's because he's affiliated and he's a two threat. So why would I not include him? And... He also technically on a spender has a rapid fire, so that kind of fits with it what's going on. Um, but how about the two of you? Why Bullseye's in there? Uh, I'll go. Uh, so Bullseye for me is there because I need a good two threat at Black or Black Order. Sometimes not being able to go wide as easily, um, I would put like Nebula in there because she's very good at killing things. But I need characters who can score points. So Nebula and Honey Honey Badger are are not going to make it for me. So Bullseye is the next best thing. He's pretty good at killing. He can just plink one damage away, um, even if he rolls zero successes, which is which is awesome. Yeah, I mean, I originally I think had Toad in my list. Uh, I will go ahead and just say it for all those Wong lovers. I never considered Wong. I don't think he's very good. Um, I, I oh, you Wong lover, you mean? <laughs> I originally had Toad, but I think I eventually switched him out. I can't remember when um, to Bullseye, and I and I really enjoyed Bullseye. Like I said, uh, some of my strategy is attrition. And I think Bullseye is really good at attrition. Also, the secures that I'm playing, um, I like Bullseye much better than Toad because Bullseye can actually contribute. Um, He can score the point by just sitting in the back, but he can also contribute. Um, So I just ended up going with Bullseye over Toad um, because... I just... He leaned into the attrition better and with the specific... Uh, secures I was playing I felt like he was better on those okay uh, I will just just to a little bit of long defense you know in the new world you know we have advanced R&D and uh, that's restricted and med pack is gone Wong kind of brings you know something unique that uh, was is no longer even really available to most teams but to move on uh, to our crises, our, our, we, ha- we have a good smattering of secures. Um, some overlap, but not too much. But uh, we'll start with the big one. All four of us have hammers. 
And I'll throw this in there because I think it might even connect a little bit. But similarly, Sooner, myself, and Kenny have cubes, which is interesting because last season uh, we were very cubes hesitant. But now we have so many cubes in our list and everyone has hammers. And I'll go first again since, since, I'm ta- since I already have the ball. But I think part of it has to do with the fact that there are just less extracts out there we have two band extract crises and a lot of the and and we're not even the fan of certain crises like legacy where you have to have a certain game plan otherwise why are you bringing it and none of us are bringing that game plan and there's less to choose from so hammers is one of the more neutral crises for extracts and so that i think that might be why we all have it but also, it's since there's less, I feel like that's just forcing us to have similar approaches to our extract plan. Yeah, so I have hammers because I like rolling dice. That's why I'm playing Black Order. And hammers lets me roll more dice because more dice is more better. Um, I also, like you said, I like it because it's one of the more balanced ones. Um, and then for cubes, I mean with the loss of field dressing, your opponent can now daze during the power phase and not be able to revive that character. So cubes, I think, is an easier include now because of that. And for me, cubes gets more damage across to make it, again, more easy for my characters to do what they like doing, and that is commit murder. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I... I have hammers because I'm playing a couple some specific characters in my list who absolutely love hammers. Um, so that's why I chose hammers. And um, I don't have a lot of characters who reposition all that well, so I didn't want spider infected. Uh, cubes, I'm playing cubes for a couple simple reasons. One, I have a Hulk. Um, and Hulk, if, if I'm playing a team that is cannot put the hurt on me. I mean, Holt goes and picks up two cubes first turn, and then good luck getting those those cubes off of him. Uh, the other reason I like cubes is because it's hurting my opponent, and yes, it's also hurting me, but I have a lot of healing. So I can heal those cube damages off a lot better than my opponent. I didn't take cubes. Well, you took hammers. I did take hammers. Uh, hammers is the best uh, extract in the game. And that's the only reason I brought it. It's fun. I, I will say it's also neutral. So that helps. So shenanigans are a little bit harder, but hammers isn't like every list I ever make because it's just like rolling more dice. I will say that uh, I'm not the biggest fan of cubes in my particular roster. I know that it has like the similar feel of like, you know, I want to kill things. So more damage to them is great. Being able to get to my goal of killing uh, characters is, uh, seems to be in the game plan, but also because everyone is kind of flimsy. It's very easy for somebody to be left on one health and then days in the power phase. And I hate, I hate, I hate that. But also the Shadowland Syndicate uh, game plan is also, you need to have a lot of objectives out there. And after Hammers and Spider Infected, 
there's really not a lot. I had Montesi in the place of cubes before, but it was it was just it's only three. <laughs> it's only three. And then by priority, I'm probably taking two of them, which means there's only one objective on the board that's contributing to my leadership. And if they have a a small, like if we're sitting on like a demon's downtown and I end up with Montesi, I could end up just really not doing anything for my leadership. So I ended up begrudgingly taking cubes. I took Montesi exactly why you, you didn't, because it's only only three things. So people can't like run away with a game as easily with it. Uh, I didn't take cubes. I also didn't take cubes for the opposite reason, in that I tend to have a lot of tanky characters, and I'd rather them not take damage and make it easier to kill them. Look at us having exact opposite reasons for the for taking and not taking these things. Yeah, it's great. It shows a different divergent gameplay. Um, so moving on to the tactics cards. Um, so Josh, Nathan, and myself all took fallback, which was interesting because we mentioned earlier how um, how is Kenny going to handle <laughs> people who play fallback, and then everyone else in the cast has taken fallback. Uh I took it very simple. <laughs> My characters <laughs> can die very easily. I don't like them getting double tapped. So fallback is a great way to keep them from getting double tapped. Um, and then worst case scenario, I can have them move away and make it really hard for them to get the um, objective. And even worse, I've noticed that uh, I even if I fall back and they can get the objective by getting a movement action, that means that they're now stuck where all my other characters are so I can now shoot the character who, who just dazed my character. So fallback has been uh, very helpful. It's sort of a fringe card for me, but it's, it's it has a lot of usage. Agreed. I second this motion. Yep. Same thing. I mean, I'm playing a defensive list and it's a good defensive card. Well, I, I, I occasionally I use it for movement shenanigans, but no, that's yeah. kind of rare. <laughs> well, I'm unlike you guys. I'm not a coward. If I had brought something that let me move off attacks, it would have been more path. <laughs> Get closer to the fight. <laughs> we go exactly. in. We kill. You should play shield. Um, the other card that was across uh, everyone but myself took was Mark for Death. So I'm going to pass it along to why everyone took Mark for Death. I did not. Because I needed a card. I take Mark with Death pretty much purely for Web Warriors. It's really good against them. And I'm not talking about like uh, originally when I took Mark for Death, it was because of Black Cat and getting rid of stealth um, and giving her small movement is also really nice. Um, but really, just all the spiders, they, they don't like it. Um, and there's other uh, niche cases, but that's the main reason why I take Mark for Death for for spiders yeah spiders are my arch nemesis so anything that can help me kill them more effectively is a win in my book yeah i mean miles absolutely hates mark mark for death i mean it's it is a literal mark for death on miles yep i i took it for those reasons and i also took it because uh again i'm a little worried about these turn one shenanigans and if i can set up a a mark for death to make killing someone on the middle point easier or to make uh, them running away less viable, 
uh, I think both of those case because it does make them move short. I think both of those are really good use cases for uh, for the card. Okay, and the the last thing I think this is pretty quick, which is just um, while uh, Kenny has his his infinity gems for his restricted cards, uh, the rest of us had a different second one. Josh having advanced R and D, myself having sacrifice, and sooner having patch up but we all three of us took brace for impact i assume because it's a card you just there's a lot of throws in the game brotherhood is still a thing and avengers has a lot of throws there's just a lot of times you look across and you're just like yeah i'm always going to use this card to keep my characters from getting dazed off the board off of a, of a size four building being thrown restricted tactics cards are a crutch Tr- well, true, braces a crush. Trust me, trust me, I need that crutch. All right. Yeah. Wait, when I only have five stamina on my character, having a size four building thrown at it, I need that crutch. I uh, I took it because I think it's probably when it, before the the changes uh, or the, the timeline change. My three were like the three I always thought about like taking were brace, field dressing, and bed pack. And uh, just because field dressing and medpack are gone doesn't mean that that like that one has changed for me. I, I think brace is clearly like still the best restricted card. Yeah, and I think they they did these changes to try to make cards more variable. But I think it was almost like they just had to leave brace in there for 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 what it does in the game and for how you know without them changing throws, they just almost had to, even though they knew everybody was going to bring it, they just almost had to leave it in there. It's also cinematic. You always hear that in the movie. Brace for impact. You know, I like it. Um, all right. That, that was that was my big thing I wanted to take on. The sooner you can take over again. Yeah, I think hijacking. We, yeah, I think we're. I like the hijacking. I'm gonna. I'm gonna kick it over to Kenny G for another hijacking, and he can do podcast questions. All right, and before our podcast questions, let's throw it over to our sponsors. So, first question is from our friend one absolute matt um he asked me specifically um if played in test games how is soldier montanos i haven't tried it yet so this is all theory um and i think i answered this earlier not including um the soldier on super giant so i have an additional faction three threat was just so i could play six wide at 20 more easily um his question for everyone was with only Black Cat being in one of the four lists and no Voodoo, do you think that single extracts are falling out? I don't know. I still want to play Voodoo. That was a that was another thing I forgot. I wanted to. None of us, all four of us, nobody's playing Voodoo. How how funny is that? Well, for me, with Voodoo anyway, it just doesn't really fit in the roster. Like it doesn't. He doesn't do what I need to do. So I, be, and I already have mystic. 
So I'm purely bringing him in just because he's voodoo. And if I'm bringing in a character just because they're voodoo, then I I, I don't I don't like that. That's not fun for me. Um, Black Cat was sort of a a hard take because she is she's affiliated, and who knows? Maybe at the end I might swap out like Sam for Black Cat just to have another affiliated member, and she's good and can do stuff. Uh, so it's a good question. I, I go back and forth on it. She doesn't really get the power to pay for all according to plan, so she doesn't really contribute to that part of the reason to bring her. I don't necessarily think Stingle extracts are falling out. Um, I think that a lot of a lot of teams are still going to do it, but um, it's kind of a that's one of the holes in my roster. I feel like if I end up going up against that, but also even if I have Black Cat and some Toad picks up. A, sec, uh, a single extract on the corner of the board and then just runs away I'm probably still losing that game anyway unless I start wiping everyone out and winning on the secures yeah I think single extracts will still show up I don't know if Voodoo and Cat have any indication on that and I just don't think any of those two characters fit in all of our lists um, I mean Voodoo like Initially, I was going to run Defenders this season with Sooner. And then I moved on to Avengers. And then I moved on to Avengers, and Voodoo wasn't in my list until he was. And then I played a test game of Black Order with Josh the other day, the other week, and I was like, oh, this Corvus leadership's actually really fun. So I just full-on went for Black Order. And neither of those characters really fit, I think, the Black Order game plan, or at least what I want to do with them. Um and then single extracts, I probably could have played them to slow things down, but I like the other extracts I have more. I don't I don't like the potential for my opponent to have the extract and just run away. I have noticed um, in my testing, I played against Voodoo twice. And out of five games, I played with he was twice across the table. And one thing that's nice about not having med pack and not having field dressing is that Voodoo can go down pretty if you focus on him and shadowland daredevil is very good at focusing a character on a character so every single time i've enacted the strategy of the best way to deal with voodoo is to get him injured because as soon as he's injured then using his possession can be very nervous for him because then he can easily get ko'd and then the possession goes away and it's that that having played voodoo that decision tree of do I put a possession on this person because if they shoot at me, then I might die. And then am I bringing the, the token back to me and undoing everything I just did just so I don't die. And then I might still die anyway. It becomes a very nervous rack, nervous decision. So I'm hoping that my offensive uh, aggression will scare voodoo people away. Nice. I like it. Um, one last question from from Matt is uh, this one specifically for you, Josh. With Sacrifice moving to the restricted list, wouldn't Helios Laser be an include in any list with Iron Man? It's not in your list, so he was wondering if it's the 11th card or you just couldn't make room for it. Um, I didn't think about it. Um, I also just don't, I don't know. Like Helios Laser is odd. Because you could spend like 10 power from a bunch of different characters and one shot a guy and remove a threat from the table. Or you could spend 20 power from 
characters on your side of the table and do like two damage and use a tactics card and in my testing like i typically get to do all the power stuff i want to do but i don't have a lot left over um so i don't know where i would be getting the spare power and i'm not using iron man that much but when i do i think ricochet blast just does a lot more for a lot less uh it's for two power i get a nine die attack that with full rerolls that's a farther range because i can be four from cap and then shoot at range four from cap um so i i think that that as a one-time big boy shot is probably just like straight better than uh helios laser unless you're running like hulkbuster but i think hulkbuster just getting two shots off is like most of what your game plan with him is i just don't think that helios is great unless your game plan is sam if you're coming with having played a lot of steve especially last season i didn't include helios and i went for ricochet because you need that efficiency uh for that for the value of what you're getting and with steve unlike sam you know sam has a lot of characters in there that just build up power and there's a lot of characters and some of them aren't even using their power like war machine but with steve everyone is using their power because they're using that leadership they're spending their power on on their superpowers and even though they're getting a discount that just means they're just using more superpowers more often and i just never really found a place where i was having enough power to justify getting even the value that you would get from ricochet blast in that much power yeah well and like it's even sam like right now the the list i would probably play with sam spam right now is a lot different than what i would have played you know in his heyday um i i feel like the characters i'd probably play probably don't have as much crazy power as he used to have like i think war machine is like you said war machine i i don't know if i'd play war machine anymore um or at least not like in every single squad like he used to be because without all you've got to, you know, have him really mess someone up and like field dressing um, and med pack to really like take advantage of his output and then his tankiness. Like it's he's just not as important, I don't think. Yeah, so I can I, see that. I just, I just don't know if it's worth it most of the time. Like like you said, like ricochet blast i think you just get much more value out of for much less commitment because you're taking a captain america right and you're i mean how hard is it to get within range four of a captain america especially in my list when i'm running two so i'm probably going to be able to shoot someone somewhere with a ricochet blast (laughs) at some point during the game just remember to put them on the same side of the mutant (laughs) madman i mean i could also uh put Iron Man on one, like in the middle, and have him move to one side and ricochet blast like clear across the table. That would be pretty cool. Um, next question from House Party Protocol Will is: Do you crumple or fold your toilet paper? Yes, fold. Yeah, I, I kind of fold. I fold it and then I crumple it. Yeah, crumpling, not that, just folding. Too. No. It's like haphazardly folding. Like, I mean, I'm not meticulous about my folding, but it's a, it is a fold. 
I fold it into like how there's the different how there's sheets like they're squares. I fold it down to like one or two sheets. Because I I I'm more than one sheet. I'm a more than one sheet guy. That may be wasteful, but I'm I'm not doing one sheet at a time. Uh, and then I I fold it and then I crumple it up so it gets a good shape. Fair enough. Um, next question is a real question from uh, Captain Funtime. That was a real uh, question. It <laughs> was a real question, just not an MCP question. Um, so Captain Funtime asks, as a new player, how experienced should you be before entering the TTS and bigger events, or the TTS leagues and bigger events? And how and where would you sign up to join a league? I answered this somewhat in our patron Discord already, but it's uh, probably worth answering here as well. Um. So, as someone who helps organize the leagues, uh, the league is not designed specifically to be like a big competitive event. Like a lot of content creators turn it into the big competitive event that we know it as. But there's a lot of people that just use the leagues as essentially a form of matchmaking to get a, a game in weekly with someone they don't know. And shooting for cuts and trying to perform well are secondary to having good games with people they normally never would. Uh, because you live like six states away, or sometimes even uh, across the world. So the league is actually a pretty good place if you know the rules and just want to play. Uh, set your expectations that, you know, let your opponent know, hey, this is like my eighth game of, of MCP. I'm not trying to win. I'm just trying to play. And more than likely, you and them will have a good game. Um Maybe you won't be, you won't win, and maybe you won't make cuts, and that's fine. But you should just curb your expectations for that, so that you're not, you know, setting yourself up to be disappointed when you think, well, I've I've played ten games, I can make cuts, because uh, there's a lot of people in this league that have played a lot more than that. Some of us, if not all of us, will not make cuts. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, and honestly, that's uh that shouldn't be the goal. It should be to, to come in and have fun, like the true goal. Um, for real life events, big events, like a convention, such as uh, the upcoming convention that most of us are attending, NashCon in uh, Nashville, Tennessee in August. Uh, I think there's like a couple more tickets left. If you want to get some tickets for NashCon and come hang out and play and play in a big old tournament, uh, that's a good one for it. Um, that one probably want to wait until you're a little bit more experienced. It's going to be a lot faster paced. You're going to be on a timer the whole time. You're going to be playing people who are specifically there to kick butt and win the event. Not everybody's going to be like that, but that's just the general output uh, from most people. Um, it's probably not a great way to learn. Uh, you will probably just get your butt kicked a bunch and not really understand what's happening. Um, Unless you're going to like a side event. If you're going to the big tournament, no. If you're going to like side events, like narrative events that may be at these places, which are typically uh, advertised and advanced, or you can message the uh, convention runner or the uh, the tournament organizer or the event organizer for that uh, particular convention to see if there's narrative events. Those might be better, but uh, that's a long, a long uh, time of me talking. So I'll let someone else continue this. <laughs> Uh, I agree. Ditto. 
Yeah, definitely yeah, should I... play in the TTS league. I mean, it's that's a great way to get games, and you know, they're like like Merzane said. Plus, it's a Swiss, so yeah, you might run into you know a, a Shadow Marvel round one, but uh, once Three. you get further along, you'll uh, you'll you'll get people more your skill level. You will have fun playing against me, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean it that way. I didn't mean it that way. I I mean it that way. I also yeah. in the Central League, so you don't have to play those two schmucks. Um, next question from Captain Funtime: um, What hidden gem combos do you think will really shine with the shift of the meta? Ooh, ooh, ooh! I got it. Kick them while they're down. <laughs> No, no, uh, <laughs> I don't think so. Any real answers, please? Could you say that one more time? I honestly zoned out a little bit. The question? Yes. Uh, what hidden gem combos do you think will really shine with the shift of the meta? Oh, I don't know about like combos. Wong. He's a co- he's a combo of a restricted card and a card that doesn't exist anymore. I'm the worst defenders player ever not taking Wong. (laughs) I did play against a Midnight Suns roster, and that Wong, I mean, I'm not going to say he was amazing or a rock star, although I have played Wong in Convocation, and he was a rock star there. But he, you know, he kept people alive. Like, he just moved and gave people power and healed them, and this is all he did in the game. But, you know... That's sometimes all you need from from your two threat. Well, everyone else is doing the dirty work. Yeah, I I think Wong is a lot better than people give him credit for. He's not like the greatest character. He's going to win the game off his back, but proper use of Wong can really make uh, make or break a game. I think sometimes, especially with no healing. Um, but I think that less uh, a combo per se for the upcoming meta. I think we're going to see a lot of aggression. Uh, there's a lot less ways to mitigate aggression right now. So I, I see a lot of people bringing really aggressive lists and trying to shoot people off the table because uh, there's not a lot of ways to stop it right now. But in that in that vein, I think the hidden gem of that is finding those cards. And we have we have some of them in ours, and we'll hopefully we'll play it pay off. But like finding those cards like Escort to Safety, and fall back, you know, cards that, and here's for hire, sacrifice, that help keep your characters alive, because there's going to be a lot of people who are looking at the loss of field dressing and med pack and saying, well, now's my time to shine, I'm going to start killing, and finding ways to reduce that efficiency on those kills, those killer rosters, can be quite the gem, and I think that I hope, anyway, that it's not just going to be all killers at the top, that it's going to have some people who have found ways to counter that as well. I think what you meant to say was not, uh, here's my chance to kill, it, but it is a, oh boy, here I go killing again. <laughs> um, by the way, I, by I, the way it's not... Yo, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I also hope there's not a lot of killers at the top, um, but it wouldn't surprise me because, you know, we have two weeks. We have literally a week to kind of get it together to like if you're not playing a killer list to to lose to a killer list, decide how you want to tech for the next one, and have to win five and one to make it into cuts. Um, they are kind of at an advantage because it's like 
at the beginning of any if you if you've played Magic the Gathering, a lot of early formats are kind of dominated by aggro and like red deck win style strategies because no one knows what anything does, but they do know that if they play one car, if they play like really low cost idiots that hit really fast, uh, turning them sideways wins games. Um, and it's the same like <laughs> it's going to be the same here. I think like we've had a huge meta shakeup. So playing a lot of dumb dudes that turn sideways and kill your opponents, guys, uh, might be a really good strategy right out the gate that may get solved by the end of the, the season, but it may be too late. A lot of the other strategies might already be suffering or already out of cuts at that time. And people are will either be shifting off of that when they get into cuts or have already had an answer for it at the beginning. So do y'all think then that guardians will potentially stay near or at the top. Um, I mean, I, I expect, I really expect brotherhood to stay there because they've been one of the best uh, aggression affiliations in the game, but guardians kind of, I won't, I don't want to say they came out of nowhere in season seven, but they were kind of like that fringe contender that suddenly stepped into the spotlight. It seemed yeah, I think they will. I yeah. think Guardians and Brotherhood are still going to be up there at the top for sure. Yeah, Guardians is it's a fan favorite. It's popular. It's good. It's killy. You know, it. it I don't. And also, a lot of people I know who are are good at this game are still playing Guardians and they're enjoying Guardians. So I still see Guardians making uh, quite the impression. Fair enough. Um, and our, our last question is going to be from, once again, one absolute Matt. Um, was there any thought on restricted card slots for the non-gym teams outside of Brace and Patchup? Um, he has a feeling that those two cards will be a majority of people's restricted restricted slots. Yeah, it took Sacrifice. I sacrifice is a good card. Up. I th- I think patchup will not be seen as much as uh, some people think. I think patchup is good, but I, I it's not med pack, and I think that um, if people if it has sees like a like a little bit of a resurgence in the uh, first part of the season, I think a lot of people will quickly take it out for more efficient restricted tactics cards because the reality of patchup is it's not a very efficient card. I think that. Um... Go, it's kind of related, but going into this, there's going to be a lot of people who miss... Um, they, they, they see what's missing, and they try to replace it in, in some kind of sense of a one-for-one. One. They're like, we don't have healing, so we're going to reach for Hood or Wong uh, or Strange or Patchup. And not that any of these characters are bad, but they don't necessarily are right for your roster. And and then they'll try to force the even worse, they'll force them into their squads when they really shouldn't be putting one of those characters or that card into their squad because just, you know, usually with your restricted cards, you play both your restricted cards in your squad, so you're used to always bringing your med pack, so you're always going to bring your hood. And hood is a great character. He's one of the best threes probably at this point, but he doesn't necessarily fit every situation and you could be bringing him into a roster that doesn't utilize him well. He's not the best in this scenario. And then you end up 
shooting yourself in the foot just because you want to have one little part of his kit. Yep. I agree with that too. Yeah, I do think Brace will be probably the most common tactic card just because, or restricted tactic card, just because, I mean, preventing guaranteed damage via throws is awesome. Um, it's that second slot that I think is going to see a lot of variance depending on what the list want to do, like Avengers and Advanced R&D, or, I mean, Shadowlands Daredevil maybe wanting um, Sacrifice, or what was it that Sooner brought? Patch up. Yeah, patch up. Sorry, I had the uh, the questions up instead of... No, the... I'm one of the bad players that brought patch up and brace. I mean... Well, it could work for you. You're, yeah, you're, I think you're, you're, yours is a list that wants patch up. You're, you're, I, you're leaning a... into a defensive healing team. Exactly. That's, that, that, that is your game plan, but not everyone's game plan is uh, what you're trying to do. Yeah, because they'd have to be crazy. Well, like med, like patchup <laughs> doesn't patchup doesn't really work for Shadowlands Daredevil because, like I said, like everyone's health is kind of maxed out at five, so you know, you're not going to get that full value from patchup. So you're essentially just trading power for damage, and it's hard, not necessarily as easy to get it off on pe- with people. So it doesn't really work. But with you, it's different because you have a lot of six health characters. You have you, you you have a lot of power, you know, that can be generated from strange. He can heal. He can patch up. You also have a Hulk, who really loves getting patched up. This is true. Yeah, and then for teams like Brotherhood, who like might rely on Magneto, I could see them taking Indomitable more, um, because Magneto really does not want to be pushed or thrown away, or neither does a Juggernaut. So, I think really like we'll see a lot of Brace, and then. Outside of that, it's going to be the tech. But I mean, not every card might, or not every t- affiliation might even want brace. So it'll be it's, cra- uh, it's crazy. I it's think it'll be really will, fun to see shape out. Brace will be I the number brace one will, t- card taken. Yeah, oh, hands down. I think it I agree. Be, I think going forward, it will be the number one card taken, unless something else comes out. Brace two. It's just brace, but again, and it's called impact the. Brace the impact, so you can have both in your list. <laughs> we should get another drop off, but it's only for. Never mind. A force. A force. Yeah, That'd be only good. for A force. <laughs> only, and you can only drop off She Hulk. Well, that's insane, right? Like, there's not many fourth, like four size characters that have to be like size unrestricted, right? That, yeah, that's a good idea. We're really got to workshop this really quickly. Yeah, no, maybe send it to AMG. <laughs> I think um, that uh, first they should get on the uh, uh, on fixing Thunder Wave. <laughs> it's really um, hard getting hit with a hammer, you know. He's a he superhuman, but hits his face. <laughs> he got hit in the ha- He got hit with a hammer by a god. He's gonna take a damage. So of the of the six affiliate or of the six restricted tactics cards, which one do y'all think we'll see the least play now? Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, which it's... but but I I think that they needed I think it was absolutely the right call to restrict disarm. I think it'll be the lowest taken, but if you did not 
restrict it, it would be taken more than Brace. It, it would be in every single list. Literally. I can agree with that. It was what not the really. Other ones? It was not really taken so crazy beforehand. So I don't see any reason that it being restricted would cause it to jump up. But the it's other the, ones are Advanced R and D, Brace for Impact, Disarm, Indomitable, Patch Up, and Sacrifice. I Indomitable could... will be maybe less than Disarm. That's true. No, I think dis I think huh? Indomitable will be seen in some stuff, and I think it might. I think there will be lists that will take it instead of Brace. Uh, like, but I the other Criminal Syndicate probably takes Indomitable. Yeah. Um, I think Patch Up might be the lowest after uh after a few like cycles. I think it might be lower than Disarm. I think it probably sh- potentially should be, but I think just the fact that it's straight healing will just appeal to too many people. Yeah. And the reason uh, I agree with Sooner about Disarm probably being taken, uh, being the first card in every list, uh, if it's not restricted, is it's like probably the premier uh, defensive tech card now that all the other defensive tech cards are gone. Like it is, if you have priority, it can shut down some of the really aggressive characters like Magneto or uh, um, Corvus. And it, it can kind of swing a game on its own. Yeah, I lived the dream playing against Black Order back before the time the timelines where I played all according to plan. Then I bitter rivals them. Then I disarmed Thanos. And then I played the Grand Illusion. And Black Order just didn't do anything the entire round. Yup. Well, I think that is it, everyone. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoy our ramblings about how we're going to all just crumble and, and fold this season and season eight. Three but, and three, uh, baby. <laughs> but uh, that is the episode. If you, we'd love for you to follow along with us. We'll update you kind of as things go on, on how each of us are doing and things like that throughout the episodes. Um, so give us a a listen and we appreciate all the support you guys have a wonderful night and hold on hold on on. one more thing one more thing i gotta give the omega red the omega red god he ruined it i had the ending and everything sorry i just it it just hit me okay so i gotta i gotta say this real quick i gotta say this real quick a uh a fan reached out has heard uh, my numerous complaints about Omega Red, which for the record is not because I think he's a bad character, but because I think his arm tentacles are gross. Uh, and he off he, he challenged me. He is going to send me an Omega Red. I am to paint it and play it in several games. True serious shot at it and, and give my feedback. So uh, look forward to when I get it in, I'm going to get it painted. There'll be pictures on the discord definitely uh uh, the only model i have painted so far for mcp (laughs) and uh i'll give my feedback on the games i play i'll probably torture kenny with him nice nice i have a question when you put them together are you going to like when you add on those tentacles are you gonna like visualize and imagine how it looks and sounds coming out of his arms 
I wasn't going to, but now that you've said it, I'll probably remember. That's like the other day, <laughs> uh, like, I don't remember the exact context, but Will, it might have been when we were recording another podcast, Will from House Party Protocol uh, mentioned to me, what do you think it sounds like when they come out? And I never thought about it, but now I can't stop thinking about it. And it's just made my life worse. So I appreciate that. That's all. all right, look forward to me painting something for once in my uh, miserable existence. <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun. I'm I'm interested. Uh, I think Omega Red is an underused character. Um, I hoping he is in Winter Guard. I doubt he will be, but they could put him in there um, because I think he would uh, be a fun fun character to play in there. So, but uh, yeah, thanks for listening again, guys, and. Keep on gaming.